Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. It's Stuart Bell here and today I have a great conversation with Dean. We're going to run through um, what I guess is special times. So special on the podcast because we're at episode 100. That definitely seems like a milestone. Um, special because of everything that's going on out in the world. So today, rather than dive into any specifics on books, we're kind of diving into the current world order and moving conversations more online than offline. So thinking about a book as a tool in your arsenal, we're often talking about kind of conversational conversions and how a book kind of starts the conversation. We're not really going into any book details today, but instead we're really looking at the difference in the world and how to best make use of the digital opportunity. We talk about necessity being the mother of invention and really the opportunity is that people out there, your potential customers, are being forced to adopt technology that can actually make everything a lot more convenient for them. So digital technology means that you can get to more people, that they can get to you, remove some of the barriers to entry, both in terms of cost and time and effort. So these times are, um, or where we are at the moment, it's kind of necessitating that. But we talk a lot about what we can do to make the most of that as we inevitably come out of the other side into the new the new normal. So great episode, some real interesting insights, some things to think about. And then obviously, as we're talking through, think about how your book's going to tie into this and really help that conversational conversion lead to more customers at the end. So with that, I'll catch you on the other side. Mr. Mr. Bell, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> this nice isn't the usual break. <laughs> yeah. uh, the joy of uh, 100% Cloudlandia. Mm. Exactly. So uh, you're safe and sound? All safe. Um, slowly going mental, but uh, part of that, all sound. <laughs> oh, I'm not having uh, this isn't much different than my normal life, actually. Do you know, I was talking to Betsy yesterday and saying that day-to-day, like I'm in the office upstairs at the house most of the time, so that's not a problem. But as far yeah. as social distancing goes, it's often oh. just me and Lucy here in the day or, or me here in the day when Lucy's at work and the, the kids are at school. But now there's uh, not so much distancing because everyone's here. Ah, gotcha. So that's the difference. Mm-hmm. So I think... So there. Yeah, so exciting times. Well, I thought today we would celebrate because this is episode 100, believe it or not. Well, of the man, show. Yeah. I know, that's crazy, isn't it? Um, Congratulations. So thought, Look at that. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. I would say it's a uh, tick in the box of consistency, but that 100 episodes is maybe over four years. So not entirely as consistent as uh, more cheese or the joy of procrastination, but, right uh, but we're getting there. <laughs> A hundred episodes, you go in syndication, get that big syndication money now. <laughs> like Seinfeld. Right. Yeah, that's it. We've uh, hit that magic number. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought today we would kind of partly celebrate that number and partly look at what the heck is going on in the world and how a book kind of ties in with the potentially new world order. I've had a few conversations this week and um, this is the week we've been doing a lot of Facebook lives. Obviously everyone's at home a little bit more. So we've been going through the book blueprint scorecard on Facebook lives and a number of the questions have come up there or the comments have been around. How does a book work 
in this new world, people still, I think, trying to think about how it fits in to how they used to do business. Whereas we've talked about it, I've talked about it with a couple of clients, this idea of now moving even more into Cloudlandia, regardless of what happens at the end of this. And the mm-hmm. being a fantastic way of starting a con- con- starting a conversation, making a contact, mm-hmm. but whilst being physically dis- distant. Yeah. And this is, you know, I think that part of the thing is with, you know, anytime there's an acute onset cause of variation, which is really technically what this is, that there's right. something nobody could see coming. We, I've never experienced anything like it in my life. And, and you can't point to anything historically, even unless you go, you know, all the way back to the Spanish flu. Uh, that you can't even imagine what that would have been like, but we're living right. in the middle of that time right now, right? And this, um, you know, I think when you look at what's really, what's the reality of this situation? This is not, it's not going to, um, there's going to be an end to this, right? And and so you start to look at where it seems really severe right now and and it is and serious but the measures that we're undergoing right now like the um the social distancing the self-quarantining the the things that are going on here that people are being encouraged to stay home forced to stay home in a lot of areas um and that that's really what's going to have to happen to as they say kind of flatten the curve um, so you look at it and time feels like forever when you're in the middle of it, right? Like in the, in the right. <laughs> present of it. But if you take like, if you zo- zoom out just a little bit and you realize, okay, well, for one thing, today's Friday and it's been a week now already, which already right. gone by quickly, right? Like you realize how quickly this week went by. And that, just to put it in perspective, um, there's a low probability that we're going to be done with this in 90 days. That's a low probability, right? It's going to be some level of disruption and, and something not back to normal. There'll be social distancing and caution and people only go out really when they, they need to kind of thing, but there'll be some closer to a sense of, of normalcy than there is right now, hopefully. But then there's also equally a high probability that by labor day, that we will be much closer to back to normal than we are right now, right? And so yeah. that there's a window of, of, you know, a window of, of six months probably. And then it'll be, I think, really changed again. Everybody will be very cautious through the entire next flu season or winter. Um, it'll be fresh on everybody's mind. And then hopefully there'll be, vaccines and and treatments and um we'll be back to um you know the way people think about the flu now and the reality is the numbers still when you look at it there are still more people right now dying from the the regular flu than from um coronavirus right like each year 
the number of people that that die from flus and pneumonias. And um, so all that said, the, the this period of time is not something that is going to blow up every every business model. Now, there's going to be periods, there's going to be most businesses that get back to um, some sense of normal just because is there, they're such a um, required part of society. You know, that's the business still that underlying demand. hurt the most right now. The ones that are being right. hurt the most right now are certainly um, restaurants and public services like you know, getting your hair done, getting your nails done, getting, um, you know, going to the gym, going to all the things that are just a part of everyday life. Those things are not going away. The desire for those things is not going away. And as soon as we get back into um, the normal swing, you would anticipate that those things would rebound right back, that there's a pent up demand for them, mm, you know? Yeah. And um, travel, same thing, airlines and, and hotels, it may slow down where I think what's going to have the bigger impact on it is that some level of non-essential business travel is going to level, is going to reduce now. That I think yeah. that what we're learning, and this is the, the um, this is, I think, the the big uh, shift out of this period of time is that people are, I'm calling it virtual gathering, that people are getting more comfortable and realize that virtual gathering is, in a lot of ways, a superior experience <laughs> than in-person gathering, you know, and I say that not just as an introvert, but that it's practically, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, you're seeing now that everybody's becoming aware of the tools that are needed to virtually gather, right? So you're seeing um, on the backs of the kids being forced into homeschooling, right? Online classing, online classes, that the families, the households are being fast tracked into becoming virtual gathering enabled. Yeah. Right. And as that happens, then the parents, now we have an environment in the house that is equipped for virtual gathering the parents are going to see over the kids' shoulders that, oh, wow, this is really uh, it's possible. This is great. Yeah. It's kind of like being in class. And then one of the mothers is going to realize, okay, well, we can't get together for our book club on Thursday night, but let's do a virtual gathering. And we'll sit in our own comfy chairs and we'll drink our own wine and we'll talk about <laughs> the book. Well, you know, the talk about the book, that's the real yeah. reason that we were getting together to drink wine. And that is going to be, um, okay, Evites just, you know, was saying now they're fast as growing. The number one thing that's um, happening now is virtual um, invites for right. virtual birthday parties. 
virtual showers, virtual um, um, anniversaries, virtual yeah. family dinners, you know, those things are, uh, that's all happening. And I think that as the, you know, people get more equipped with the, the peripherals that make that uh, an enjoyable experience, like, uh, you know, a nice monitor and uh, good quality um, webcam and, and microphone speakers that, that make it an immersive kind of experience. Yeah, that it's going to be a um, I think this category above, above all other categories, I think this one has the opportunity to be the most the most creativity is going to come out of this. I'm all, my mind's on fire with all the things we could do, you know, I was talking to some clients in the week, financial advisors very much in the past class-based so we were in the process of moving it slightly more virtual anyway and um, this yeah. is necessity being the mother of invention has kind of really pushed that that class thing forward to the fore now but also down to things like the onboarding of clients so the traditional approach was come to a class then come into the office and we'll actually go through your numbers individually so being able yeah. to present that online this was the first time they did that we were yeah. working to make sure that they've got the document set up beforehand so so knowing kind of orchestrating that journey a little bit more so rather than thinking oh, it'd be great to show this thing and reaching down to the drawer and pulling it out thinking of that ahead of time but even down to using things like DocuSign so that that was one of the stumbling blocks okay how do we get people to sign up but even using all of these tools that have been around for many many years this necessity being the mother of invention and just as you said forcing people's hands now that they can't procrastinate on this decision they're being forced to do it and then if it's evidenced as being more convenient, I agree. I think it's that level that will be the biggest change coming out of this, that non-essential business travel, the non-essential meetings, the just adopting the technology to be as as effective as it can be while still having some yeah. in-person stuff, but still all yeah. of that underlying 30% of stuff that doesn't need to be in person, that I think is the will be the residual effect of this. Mm-hmm. And that is what I was talking to them about in terms of where they'd actually written a book a, a year ago and had used it sometimes, but not not very often. So kind of taking that asset and putting it more into the fore of starting a conversation that they would have had or had been having in person. But how can they use that as the as the kind of catalyst to start the conversation? And then what are the orchestrated steps of leading to the steps they would do in person anyway but can now do online just really rethinking that and i agree i think this this time this lack of choice now this necessity is really going to be the be the thing that is the sea change in when it gets back to kind of air quotes normal yeah and i think that you know people being um this is a thing that's definitely going to be a time saver for people, you know, like when you think about going like, you know, regular meetings, like, you know, you think about the creativity of what's going to be able to happen with um, after school activities and stuff. Let's just say for kids or online learning, this is going to be, I think the grand Renaissance of online learning that the, (laughs) No, I'm serious. Like, right, I know. There was a, it's just funny to talk of a renaissance of online learning, but I know exactly what you mean. This is the yeah, year of podcasts. That, <laughs> yeah, that this is really going to be 
the opportunity for, um, you know, because I, I've been involved now in the last, you know, two weeks, more Zoom conferences than I've uh, been involved in probably up till that point, right? And right. that I've, I've experienced, um, you know, gatherings of uh, 150 people that, you know, used the breakout room functionality to, um, you know, to uh, break everybody off into groups of three or four people, which is right. effortless and very intimate, you know, very intimate that way. And, um, you know, it sounds great. Everybody gets um, connected. And I think that for things like that, people are going to realize that this is a far more, um, a, you know, a, a superior experience to a, uh, let's say, like a, a quarterly gathering of, of somebody, you know, that right. it would be far, um, you know, when you look at just the, the time impact of it. I just did, as you know, a virtual breakthrough blueprint this week. So normally a three-day in-person live event in a boardroom with 10 to 12 people. And I just did a virtual version of that this week. Um, and we had people from uh, Las Vegas and Belgium and Bangkok. Um, and it was just Seamless. I mean, we were all in our own environments and I was doing, I was sharing the math, like even doing an event here in Orlando a celebration. Uh, it's about 40 minutes from my house that the, the time impact of that, if we say that my preferred environment is to be in my bubble here at home, <laughs> that I have to leave the bubble on Sunday afternoon at four o'clock to get to the hotel to check in and get ready for you know the get together on Sunday evening and then spend the three days at the event and then drive home Wednesday evening and I'm gone out of my environment for a total of seventy five hours and probably. $3,500 in expenses of being there. Like that's on a local event, right? Without right. factoring in airfare or travel or anything like that. That's just the, the boardroom and, um, and hotel room for me being there. And you start to think now the, that I can stay, I was able to this week stay in my environment wake up, have my all my whole morning routine, have breakfast at home, and then pop into the studio, uh, you know, my Zoom studio that we've set up in the uh, house. And I'm instantly teleported into the boardroom with people from all over the world for and spend the day in the boardroom and then at the end of the day, we sign off and I'm magically right back in my own home environment. And so once people get an experience of that, 
once they recognize that as a superior experience, they're, you know, we as a society have been quick to adopt things that prove themselves to be superior or more convenient or more enjoyable or better. And we don't go backwards. And so I look at that, like if you go all the way back to uh, the trans, any transitional period, that when we were making the transition from horse and carriage to automobiles, I'm sure there was some resistance because, but that resistance is not for the superior thing that's ahead of us. It's for our main desire, which is to stick to the status quo. So everybody's saying, but I like my, I liked my carriage and I love my sofa that was, you know, just perfectly comfortable and my horse is fine. And then, you know, you start to see people zooming by you in cars and the cars are not pooping. They're, you know, you, don't, you realize your horse poops and you've got to feed it and <laughs> all this stuff. And then you get it, you know, you experience a car and you realize this is a better experience and you don't, nobody's pining away for the horse and carriage. Just like nobody's pining away for the joy of washing their clothes by hand with a washboard and hanging them out on the line. Any, anything like that is just it's nostalgia. Yeah, it's interesting the separating out the job of work that's trying to be done from the mechanism which is doing it. So the absolute convenience of getting from A to B in a car absolutely better not to take away from the fact that there are still people that ride for pleasure and there are still plenty of horses around i think with the technology that's exactly the same thinking about what the job of work is that you're trying to do and separating that from the way that it's been done so as much as possible adopting what will be a paradigm shift for whether it's 10% or 90% or somewhere in between still thinking about it now and positioning now for when we come out of the other side. I think that's the real opportunity today is to just, as you're saying, not nostalgically pine for the past and wish it would go back to as it was because it won't. It's going to be different no matter how, whether that's a little bit different or a lot different, but how, what can we do today to try and make sure that as we come out of this curve, it's in the best possible position compared with everyone else. That's yeah. been the real interesting part. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's so, going to be an amazing, um, I think that's going to be an amazing thing. Like you look at what, you know, when you, and there's going to be opportunities for people you're already seeing. I'm already seeing on TV people, uh, you know, the bar method, um, um, Exercise uh, things are now giving 25,000 free memberships where you can, uh, you know, do online. And so everybody's already adapting um, to that, you know? Yeah, that's been the real interesting thing to see all of the companies stepping up in different ways. Now, on one side, it's kind of altruistic and just making, we're all in this together, so try and make it as painless as possible. But on the other side, particularly as we kind of get a week in, two weeks in, three weeks in, there are going to be more commercial intents behind those decisions and trying to 
in some of that audience now but some yeah. of the again this is another necessity is the mother of invention type things if this is an opportunity now then how can this also be an opportunity in six months from now and presenting the easy way for people to get started which yeah. at the moment is driven through necessity but thinking about how that translates in six months time that easy way of getting people started not trying to hoard all of the information keeping it in and the only way you can get started is by coming in and i'll close the door behind you until we sign on the line that's dotted but how can you easily transition people into that start and and get people on board and enjoying the service and then monetizing it or or standardizing it or or turning it into something official after that think about a new way of bringing people on board that as well as an opportunity now i think is a huge uh, a huge chance for people to rethink how they've been doing things traditionally just because of inertia or nostalgia or just the way airports again and it might offer open up new opportunities like we were i had a a ben pogmiller on the uh email mastery call yesterday and we were talking about he doesn't have a hot tub um showroom and right. of course you know people are not coming into stores non-essential stores are, are being shut down kind of thing which they'll be opened back up but i showed to him we kind of brainstormed this idea of a virtual um showroom where i said what i might consider doing if i had a retail store is just like I did with Zoom, um, you know, you I have a, a custom URL, Zoom with Dean, where whenever I want to meet somebody uh, or invite somebody to a Zoom meeting, I, that URL is a uh, URL that when they type in, it'll prompt to, if you've got the Zoom stuff, it'll direct you right into my Zoom room. And um, I thought, you know, you can have that meeting open 24 hours a day. I thought that what I might do is have it, have the camera, have it set up on an iPad right there in the showroom and invite people to come by the virtual showroom anytime. And when they come to, you know, hot tub, uh, hot tub tours, dot com (laughs) that they can i can pick up the ipad and take them on a virtual tour of the showroom show them the different models answer questions about it um let them shop for um whatever they are looking for from their home and then we can send it over and have it installed or whatever for them you know all keeping social distance away And that opportunity for anybody who's got that kind of business where people could, you know, you, you could have an, a, um, you know, have an advocate kind of walk you around and you can look at things and answer questions, your personal shopper kind yeah. of thing. Almost like that surrogate model where people are in, uh, yeah. in jail and then surrogates have got the body cameras walking around. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But yeah. that separating the – I think that's an interesting way of thinking about it. I hadn't particularly Wait, articulated that now? before. Is that something that's really happening? Uh, I don't know. That was uh, <laughs> Arrested Development. Do you remember the TV show? Oh, okay, Arrested okay, great, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Although I wouldn't be surprised if that was happening in uh But you and I know this is the well. thing. 
that you know because you and I have had this discussion before Corona ever came around of me, you know, getting somebody in in all black with a motorcycle helmet equipped with a iPad to go to certain conferences that uh, I talked about that uh, where I didn't really want to travel all the way to right. get there, but I'd like to be there to hire right. somebody to be there and walk <laughs> around with the iPad so that I could experience it. Yeah. And this idea of separating out the job of work from the way that it's delivered. So, so yeah. I can almost, I don't sure whether I've actually had this conversation or whether I've had a kind of like a parallel conversation and it's, and it's overlaying, but hearing people saying, Oh, well that's fine, but it's too much work or that's fine. But, but this right. fine, but that the people who jump on board and it's not going to be perfect, but then neither is a people queuing up at a checkout in a real life store. It's you're not going to cover every option, but then stores, physical stores close or the weather's bad. So people can't get to the store. There's caveats on absolutely everything, but people who jump on board and try things. There was last week, there were a couple of the, cause all of the theaters and the concert halls have sh- shut down. So the amount of musical, acts that i've seen doing instagram or facebook live streams kind of like behind the scenes type things or just these off the cuff completely unproduced performances but it's that engagement with the person with the artist and again not to suggest that everyone needs to be an artist in order to do that but just now being able to use the technology to deliver a more behind the scenes a more personal experience but personal at scale and at distance yeah. Again, coming out of the back of this, I think that's going to be a significant change. And there'll be people who really adopt and embrace what's going on at the moment who will get an unfair advantage out of the back of this because they'll be that's exactly right. And it's just a it happens to naturally gel with their personality and they can just start start doing this and enjoy doing it and it's not an overhead or a burden. They just get out there in front of a potential audience and then um kind of claiming the territory because everything's up in the air a little bit now. Yes, I agree. Exciting times. Um, We are just coming up on half an hour, so appreciate the time. Episode 100. Looking forward to, assuming we're all here at 200, then we'll... uh, Special cause of variation. Right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think we just found the show title. (laughs) I love it, yeah. Cool. Okay, buddy, well... Thank you. I will chat to you a little bit later and um, we'll catch up with you again on the show soon. Okay. Thanks, Stuart. Bye. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Bye. And there we have it. Really enjoy those thoughts and the way of thinking about the current situation and the opportunities that it presents once the this too shall end, as, um, as the saying goes. So how we can best make use of the time at the moment and kind of overcome the immediate hurdles but also position ourselves best coming out so a couple of takeaways that we mentioned in the show uh, dean was talking about email mastery uh, the email mastery call from this week if you haven't yet downloaded a copy of the email mastery book then head over to emailmastery.com and grab a copy there this idea of conversational conversions that we talk about a lot really is expanded on in email mastery so that would be the first thing um, the second thing i mentioned that we're doing facebook 
Facebook Lives all this week and next week going through the book blueprint scorecard mindsets. So if you haven't joined in with any of those, then head over to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash 90 minute books, or go to 90 minutebooks.com and follow the Facebook link down in the footer. And then we've got uh, today's Friday. So I'm going to do the fifth mindset today. We'll wrap up the last three next week. And then at the towards the end of next week, we're going to touch on some of the technologies that we use to implement the book and answer some of the questions. So really do a wrap up session at the end. So those are two great takeaways from this episode. Obviously, if you're ready to get started on a book, I really think that now is a time to, as things stabilize in this unusual situation, then now's the time to really dive in and get something created so that you're able to make the most of it as things kind of return to like this air quotes normal world but the opportunity to really leverage some of the online stuff which will stick around after everyone's kind of gone back to work so if you're ready to get started on a book then just reach out to us at um, hello at 90 minute books or follow the get started links and we'll be here to to guide you through the process and get something ready for when everyone sticks their head back out of the house again Okay, so with that, thanks very much for your time, guys. Um, really super pleased to have got to episode 100 here. It really does seem like quite a milestone. We've got a huge thank you to everyone that's been a guest on the show and the customers and the partners that we work with and the, and the team that um, that we work with here. So thanks again for that. Thanks again for you listening. Um, go wash your hands and we will catch you in the next one.